the sound if you've not been here. I might be too late. I mean, Keep we've just super, we, we've literally had a supernatural time. Yeah. Um, you probably can also tell that we've been packed. We, we've been packed every service. Last night, it was actually pretty ridiculous. <laughs> it was fun ridiculous, but overflow room, people setting just about everywhere you possibly could set. And uh, you're jumping right in the middle of it if you just coming for the first service or the first time this weekend. We've had three guest speakers with us who are pastors and prophets, and I want to introduce them all to you uh, because if you're only going to be here this service, then you're going to miss Pastor Bob next service. Pastor Bob and Sue, would you mind standing up again? These are my pastors that have been in my life for... Thank you. They've been in our life for close to probably, definitely over 20 years, probably closer to 23 or so, and uh, they've just been real, real pastors to us. Both of these men, Bob and Mark, were both founding elders of the church, translocal, and Bob still plays a role as our apostolic covering here, and so it's a, it's a delight to have them. Uh, you're going to hear from Pastor Bob next service if you're around. But right now, I want to introduce to you Pastor Mark. He brought a word uh, this morning. Oh, my. Good. I don't know what he's going to preach this service. But it was a absolutely life-changing word. He's a pastor of Life Change Christian Center in Portland, Oregon. I've got the honor to preach there before. One of the funnest places I've ever preached. Sometimes people never even sit down while you preach. I'm like, hallelujah. You know what I'm saying? They sell me all the time, bro. And so we have the honor to hear from Pastor Mark. And then after he shares a word, then if time permits, they're just going to release their gift and, and see what the Holy Spirit does. Amen? Would you welcome with me today Pastor Mark Strong? Come on. Come on. Mark Strong. Yeah. 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 I'm good. <clears throat> okay, here we go again. All right. Well, let's just pray, and then we're going to dive in here for a few minutes, and then we'll dive out and dive back in again. Lord, thank you so much for Harvest City Church. Thank you, Father, for the great work that you're doing here in this place. And thank you for the privilege and the opportunity of just be able to come and to share. And Lord, help to uh, build and throw a few uh, logs, Lord God, a few planks on the wall, Father God. And this wonderful work that you're doing here in this place. Lord, as we look at your word today, just speak and talk to our hearts clearly and plainly. In Jesus' name, amen. <coughs> Excuse me. I want to just uh, share a little bit, something a little different from what I did first service. Um, but I really believe this is a word for your, your church. Uh, I'd said early, first service, I've been passionate for probably about 26 years. And so after 26 years, you know, you kind of lose some of the, you still love the church passionately, but some of the romanticism and the reality kind of sets in about stuff. And, and, um, uh, Things that used to kind of like hype you before, you're like, okay, I've been around that corner before, I know how that works, I've seen this come, and you, you know, you don't get really jaded, but you 
become a kind of a realist, you know, a, a realist with a faith and expectation, hope for God to do something wonderful. And so uh, whenever I whenever I share, I kind of have that kind of framework in my 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 heart and my mind, because my desire is not to just try to come and hype a church up and get a church all stirred up. Uh, <laughs> The, uh, <laughs> no, I was thinking, uh, you know, like uh, sometime in the African-American community, when guys preach, they'll call it like uh, hooping. I don't know if you guys ever heard anybody hoop before. Anybody heard anybody hoop before? Okay, so what they'll do, what they do when they hoop is they'll, they'll get a guy in the organ, and the, and the organ guy will be like, dun, dun, dun. And the guy will be like, yeah. Whoa, yeah. And I mean... I remember the first time, like I told you before, I, I, didn't, I didn't grow up in a church like that. And so, I mean, we were, I, you know, we were just like, bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves. They shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves, right? So I remember the first time I, I'd, I'd kind of preach in a setting like that, and, this, and I'm, I'm preaching this guy. Uh, all of a sudden, he starts hitting me in the back. And I'm thinking, Lord, what is this dude doing? And he's like, go ahead, preacher. So anyway, you know, I'm not a hype, I, 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 you know, I've been around enough hype to know how to hype people up, right? But uh, what I'm going to share today is not to hype you up, but I really believe it's a reality that, that God can make happen here in this church. I believe, I believe it's attainable. I believe it's a, it's, it's a reality that can be reached in terms of having an impact on your city. And I really believe like, there's a couple ways I could title this. One way I could say it is, is uh, uh, creating atmospheric change in Coeur d'Alene. Or, or we could call it uh, praying up a storm. So you, 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 you can choose. But uh, what I believe the Lord will enable and empower this house to do is to be a church that's going to affect the climate and create a God storm in this community. There's a lot of stuff that's brewing. There's a lot of stuff that's going on. Jay will keep me on track time-wise. Bro, so we get like five minutes, you know, because I'll get to yapping. There's a lot of stuff going on, books that have been written about, you know, last days and things taking place and all the catastrophic stuff that's supposed to happen. But I think one chapter submitted out of all those, a lot of those books is God's glory, God's power, God's spirit, God's moving, coming on a city and coming up on a community. And I believe God can use churches to do that. Even as I share this, I'm challenged to go back to our own church and, and to say, okay, God, put some fire in my heart in our congregation to be a church that's going to change the atmosphere and the climate. The Bible says that there was a prophet by the name of Elijah, and it says that uh, in James chapter 5, it says, uh, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, righteous woman, righteous person avails much. The Bible says um, Elijah was a person just like you and me, but he prayed how earnestly, diligently, fervently that it would not rain for three and a half years. Now think about that. He was in such uh, close 
relationship with God that he was able to hear God's voice saying, listen, I'm going to shut the heavens up, create famine, allow all kind of economic crises to come uh, into play. You know, you figure they're an agrarian society and you don't get rain, you don't have crops, you don't have crops. That is just, you know, just a domino effect uh, that happens. So the Bible says he prays and what God does is God does not allow it to rain for three and a half years. Okay. So then the Bible says he prays again. You know, after they've had their, you know, their showdown in Mount Carmel and, and, and Israel kind of comes back in alignment with God's commands and, his, and uh, uh, his ordinances, Elijah goes to pray again. And the Bible says when he prays, God hears him and God sends rain upon the land. Now, let me ask you this question. When he prayed and no rain came, who felt it? Talk to me. Everybody. So everybody that lived in Israel and that nation, they felt the impact of no rain. It was the climate. When he prayed again and the rain came, who felt the impact of the rain? Everybody. So how is it that this one individual could pray to that degree that his prayers would have influence and impact to change a climate to make people God conscious? It wasn't just like, okay, there's no rain. No, what God was doing was God says, I want to get your attention. I want to get your mind. I want to get your hearts. And so whether people went to uh, the church that day or not, whether they went to worship at the temple or not, whether they were obedient, disobedient or not, they had to experience or even think about at least a little bit about what God was doing in that climate. And I believe God wants this church to be a church that affects the spiritual climate of this region. I don't believe you're just here. You're not, you're, you're, you're not here just for a good time. You're not here just, uh, you know, to, just, just to, to grow and grow. Listen, I, I got to be careful. I mean, I shouldn't say this, but the size of a church doesn't make a church can be mega 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 and still not affect the climate of a city because you can have a church that has 10,000 going in and 10,000 coming out and, and the climate of the city is still not impacted so it's not about how size you are or how big you are we know God's going to make you grow but there's got to be that other thing that says, okay, we're not just gathering, but man, we're touching the heavens and, and a dynamic is taking place over here. We might not be able to explain it all, but yet we know it's God working and God doing something. And so the key to that is prayer. Now, isn't it interesting the way that James puts it? He says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah's a, uh, Elijah's a person just like we are. He prays earnestly, the rain comes. And then immediately in the same breath, he says, my brothers, if one of you wanted from the truth and someone brings him back, he saves a sinner from the air of his ways and, and uh, covers a multitude of sins. So in that same breath of the climate being changed, the, 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 the atmosphere being altered, 
He says, people coming to God, being transformed, being changed. Now, we say, you know, I think about it, like, Lord, Lord how, could, how can I pray like that? I mean, come on. I mean, Elijah, I mean, Elijah, you know, whenever you see guys get weird and they start talking about prophets, I am after the order of prophet Elijah. Remember one time I saw a guy, we were, I was uh, on, on Martin the King Boulevard and we were sharing the street and this guy had a fifth of whatever he was drinking and his hair was all like this and I start sharing Christ with him. He goes, wait a minute, you don't know who I am. I'm like, you're right, I don't know who you are. I said, tell me. He goes, I am Elijah. I said, dude, you are lying big time. Elijah don't drink fifths. But the Bible says Elijah's like us. Now, how is he like us? Real fast here. First of all, Elijah experienced fear. Remember, he calls down fire from the altar, Jezebel, and, he, and they kill the prophets. Jezebel says, look, you are going to experience the same thing these guys experience. So help me. The Bible, this is what the Bible says. He was afraid. And he ran. He ran. Not only is he afraid, but the Bible also says that he was tired. So he ran, got on the tree. Bible says he fell asleep, suffered physical exhaustion. Anybody in here ever suffer physical exhaustion? Yeah. You're a candidate to pray prayers to change the atmosphere. Oh. Anybody here ever get afraid, feel afraid? Yeah. You're a candidate to pray prayers oh. to change the climate in the atmosphere. <laughs> then it just, then it just doesn't, it doesn't just stop. It doesn't just stop there. The guy has this uh, complex. He, he's lonely. He says, Lord, I'm the only one left. Anybody ever feel lonely by yourself? Ostracized? Thousand people in a room, but man, I just feel like I'm, I'm, I'm by myself. Then also he has this skewed view of reality. Anybody's reality ever get skewed? I know mine does sometimes. I'm looking at something like this. I'm saying that's a, that's a, that's a, a, a blue elephant on the wall. My wife says, honey, it's not a blue elephant. It's not an elephant at all. It's a zebra. I'm like, honey, the book says it's... But that's how that his, his reality was skewed. He's like, there's nobody else serving God. Nobody's serving God but me. I'm the only one. And that was a false reality that he was living under. Think about the impact of that. How that uh, contributed to his emotional, his uh, uh, mental well-being so he's, he's like us he, he experiences these different types of things but the bible says even in lieu of his weaknesses and human frailties he prays so what he does is the bible in uh first uh, kings 18 he goes to the top of the mountain to pray takes a little effort a little energy he goes up and the bible says he puts his face between his knees and he starts to pray now what that is that that is a a position of a woman giving birth, right? So it's not just, you know, this little picture like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to pray to God today. And Lord, would you please just change the climate? And, and uh, today, you know, and you're kind of praying over your Starbucks coffee, although that's good. Do that, do that, do that. Don't, you know, you need to do that. But 
He's, he's, he's in a position and he's engaging in prayer in a fashion that he's believing God is going to birth something through his prayers. you got to believe that. Do you think he would have walked up to the mountain if he didn't think anything was going to happen? i got to confess, sometimes I go to prayer meeting out of, out of duty. If we have prayer meeting at our church, okay, prayer meeting time, I'll go and we'll go through the prayer rituals. But I, sometimes I have to check my heart, I'm like, man, am I going and really believing God's going to hear what we're talking about tonight? And God's going to really do what he said he's going to do? Elijah believed that. He goes up, he prays. Now, uh, J.O. used the acronym PUSH, praying that something happens. So he prays one time, nothing. Two times, nothing. Sends his servant out again. Servant, I call him homie, whatever you call him. Yo, dog, go check. <laughs> go check one more time and see if you see. Servant says nothing's happening. Okay, what do you do? You stop there because there's no change? Do you quit because you don't see anything? Do you quit because there's, there's some space and there's some time in between answering? And do you, do you stop? No. He continues to pray. Elijah, a person just like you or I, with fears, with hunger, with exhaustion, with skewed realities, he continues to pray just like we pray. He prays five times, nothing happens. Six times, nothing happened. By now, the servant's probably getting a little ticked because he's getting tired of going back and forth and nothing's happening. Finally, tell your neighbor, finally. The seventh time he goes, the seventh time he goes, the Bible says he sees a cloud arising from the, from the sea the size of a man's hand. Now, we can, we, you, you could kind of play with that if you wanted to. You know, you could read some uh, allegory stuff in that. Okay, a size of a man's hand. Okay, this is a, a joint venture between God and humans working together. I mean, you could, you, could, you could work that. But bottom line is, he saw a small cloud that came out of the sea. And what Elijah says is this. He says, when he sees a cloud, he says, okay, that's it. The prayer has been answered. Now let's uh, go tell uh, uh, Ahab to hit up his chariot. I hear the sound of abundance of rain. It's time to move. So he's praying, pushing until something happens. But then also he is perceptive enough to recognize when God is answering and when God is doing, fulfilling that answer to prayer. So he's not still just badgering God about an answer because it's not as big as he thinks it is. And see, I think sometimes when, we, when we're talking about seeing the Lord work and do things and even change the atmosphere, we're looking for this huge cataclysmic thunderstorm with lightning bolts flashing through the sky, but sometimes all it is is a cloud that's so very, very, like J.O. would say, stinking small. That you would say, man, what is this, this going to do? But I like to put it this way. With God, things may be small, but yet they are highly concentrated. Come on, somebody. And so from that one little cloud, God changes the climate of that nation. There is a cloud that the Spirit of God desires to birth out of this house, a cloud that he desires to cause to rise up over this city, 
that he will begin to rain out his glory. He'll begin to rain out his purposes. He'll begin to touch even the hearts of those who have not even thought about God in months and weeks and days and years. And he will begin to badger them upon their beds and badger them in their cars. And he will begin to touch their consciousness. And they'll begin to look fine. What is this that's going on inside of my heart and inside of my life? For I have purpose to show my name mighty. Even this city, saith the Lord, I have chosen and I have purpose to show my name mighty in this house, saith the Lord. But as you come and as you place your hearts up on the altar and cry out to me and pray and seek my face and do those things I've called you to do, yea, there shall be a performance, says God, of that which I have purposed. And you will see it with your own eyes and you will stand back in all of that which with God uh, you step back in all of that which the Lord God Almighty is doing in your midst uh, for I have purposed it and I have decreed it saith the Lord so lift your hearts today lift your faith today lift your expectations today look out look higher look further look wider look deeper uh, for I plan to fill this region with my spirit saith the Lord and many many will come to faith in me and the day will come says God when even those in other places will be no no noised abroad that God is doing a unique work uh, even this city and others will come just to see what the Lord is doing and God will use you not so much to give a, a formula or a pattern per se, but they will, they, they will be inspired to go back and seek God until he gives them the cloud uh, for their place. For my purpose is to influence cities, saith the Lord. My purpose is to change climates and cities across this nation and to move in ways where legislation uh, hasn't been able to do it, where politics can't do it. I'm going to breathe upon my church, saith God, and I'm going to bring a change in the climate. So prepare your hearts, prepare your minds, for I will begin to reign. Though it will cost you something, it will be well worth the cost. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's some of you here that feel in your heart, how could God use me? The Lord says, he has not disqualified you, but you have disqualified yourself. How have I disqualified myself, you would ask? Lord, say, by your own thoughts, by your own reasoning. And you would see yourself as a person that might, that, that you see yourself as a person that, that would be excluded from what it is that God wants to do. But today the Lord says, I come and I change that mentality. I change that understanding. And I place within you the heart of one who has been accepted, the heart of one who has been embraced, the heart of one who will participate 
in the wonderful thing God is going to do in this city, in this church, in this region. And I just feel just right now where you're at, if you're here this morning and you have that inferiority that's just resting upon you, think about Elijah. Lonely, tired, skewed reality, burned out. He could have felt totally disqualified. If you're here this morning right now, I just want you to stand on your feet. If you say, Pastor Mark, that's me. I, I, I hear, I hear the, what the Spirit of God is saying, but I just feel so unworthy. I feel so disqualified, like I couldn't participate. I want you to stand on your feet because I believe the Lord is going to just, he's going to take that garment off of you. And he's going to clothe you. In the book of Zechariah, chapter 3, Joshua the high priest, he was standing for the Lord to minister. And while he was, he had a, a task to perform on behalf of God. But while he was performing his task, the Bible says Satan stood by him to accuse him. And the angel came and said, the Lord rebuke you. Is he not a brand that has been plucked out of the fire? And God said, clothe him, put a right turban on him. A turban and said, Lord, get his head right. Put the clothes on him and, and, and clothe him because he is set apart for my purposes. So anybody else? If you guys going to do a real work in your heart, I just feel unworthy. I just feel undeserving. Okay, if you see somebody stand, just real quickly, just stretch your hand toward them and just put your hand on them. There may be a few others that are sent down that need to be standing. You don't, don't, listen, sometimes we'll do this, people come and say, hey, pastor, that was me. After service, that ain't the time to talk about it because the spirit of God is lifted. Now's the time to deal with it because God is, because when, when, the, when the presence of God is gone, hey, well, I, I, I can't do anything. So God's presence is moving, God's presence is speaking. Don't just sit there on the pew, man. God wants to do, a, do something in your heart that's just wonderful and free you from that. Jesus, these are your soldiers. Jesus, they're your sons. They're your daughters. And Lord, you know the railing accusations that Satan himself would whisper in their hearts and their ears. But Lord, we thank you today that you are doing something wonderful and deep and real in their hearts. Lord, we thank you today that by your spirit, you are putting on a new turban, a new garment, and they're going to be a part of this army, Lord, that prays and works to see you change an atmosphere, a climate in quarter lane. So God, anoint them afresh today. Pour your spirit and your grace out upon them in the mighty name of Jesus. Great words. Great words, Pastor Mark. You ready for a ride? Yeah. I mean, this is, uh, this is what God, you guys think like, man, this can it get any better than this? Well, one time I ate a Romanian uh, house that they invited us over. And 
we thought we ate the main course, but we figured, we found out there was five more courses coming. Mm. And uh, I just feel like you're going to get so full of God that you're going to have to undo your pants and breathe. You know, just, you know, just, you know what I mean? Thanksgiving pot belly just can't breathe. You ate so much. Amen. Beautiful word, Mark. I just was amen that. I have a word for the two of you, and I want, before I give the word, I, I talked with your pastor just real quick. I, you know, some people don't wear a wedding ring, so you don't know if they're married or not, but, so, you know, I didn't want to make a presumption, and he just said that you're not married, but I'll tell you the word that came to me, and I want to bring a word of comfort to you, that you both came from some pretty broken paths, and you've kind of come together here with each other, and it's a good thing. I don't, I don't normally prophesy in this situation. You don't do dates and mates, and, and uh, you try to stay away from that. But I think this is a sovereign thing that you need to, you need to know that. And somehow, you guys are going to find such an enjoyment in life that the bitterness of another season is, is not going to be, you know, the bitterness of the future, the hurts and the wounds and the disillusionment and. I hate to say it like this. It's almost you came together. Well, we're almost in your own heart. We're kind of like two losers that found each other. And I want to be, I want to be kind in that. You're not a loser. But you kind of came together with that type of brokenness. And God's going to do such a unique work in your lives. Powerful work. And I just want to let you know that God's smiling on this. And there's some good. I think, you know, Joseph named his first son. Hmm. Manasseh. And it means the Lord has caused me to forget my affliction. And I believe that's going to happen to you. And they named his second born son Ephraim, which means the Lord's caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. And I believe that God's going to cause both of you to forget your affliction, and He's going to cause you to know what it is to be incredibly fruitful and in love, and purposeful, and ministry-oriented. And, and you both are, are intercessors. That's what's the interesting thing about this. A man and a woman who prays a lot. You guys pray a lot with each other. I, I actually saw you at a table just holding hands, just, just praying, just praying for things. I, I just really feel you praying a lot for your families on both sides. There's a lot of intercession going on there right now. I don't normally do this with uh, couples kind of dating, but man, there's just something here of the Lord. And, and God is, God's going to swing a lot of things around, and God's going to give you great peace. Can you hang on to that? It's going to be an anchor to your soul. Young lady, you, um, you will not be denied. I mean, you won't be put down. You won't be shut out. You know, they say, well, you don't have a ticket for the train. Well, I'm getting on the train anyway. <laughs> There's just a tenacity. And the Lord just wants you to know you have a gift of faith. And that everything that you believe and every door you're going to knock on that's in his will is going to be open. And I just feel like the Holy Spirit just wants to tell you just to go for it. Go for the promises of life. Go for believing big about your future. Go for attempting your dreams. And don't let anybody put a limit on you. You receive this? 
Amen. Father, do that in Jesus' name. And I got, I'm going to give it to my wife here in a second. Shook your hand walking in. Robert, where are you? Stand up, buddy. You know, you have fought yourself to a place where what I was in the past is not what I'm going to be in the future. And this is what I saw. I saw you draw a line behind you, and you with great determination said, Lord, I'm not stepping back across that line again. I'm not going back there. I'm only going forward. And I believe with that type of determination, with that type of grit, even though you struggle and go through so many things at times, God is with you. You're going to learn that Jesus is your high priest. The Bible says that he can identify with us and in our weaknesses because he was a man of went through weakness also yet without sin. He knows your temptations. He knows the trials you go through. And as his, our high priest, he comes to strengthen you. He will finish what he started in you. And that determination that you have is pleasing to him. God promises you keep focused on this path. And everything lost will be restored. So, Father, I pray you do that to my brother right now. For my brother right now. Let great grace establish his path. And let him see... Lord, the possession of, of the loss of all things restored. And look back and look what the Lord has done for me. This is a, um, a blonde lady in the very back row. With a, she had her daughter in her hand and in her arms. And I just, um, I just knew when I came in, the Lord said, I have loved you with an everlasting love, yeah. yeah. And I, I've called you out of even troubled waters because you are mine. You are his. You're a daughter of the king. And he has a, a great and amazing future for you and your children. And you're a, a person who um, <clears throat> would never promote yourself, but God is saying today, I give you a promotion. I step you up. I want to draw you into the inside, to the inner courts. I want to lay um, my hands on you. I feel like there's a, this will be okay, right, if I walk back here. Just a, There's an anointing coming to you to really minister to other women that are broken and bruised, that have been cut off from relationships, from family. And you are going to bring them to the house of the Lord. You're going to invite them. You're an inviter to the party. And I feel like this is a day for you to say, I'm not on the outside, but the Lord says, come close to me. You're on the inside track. I love you, says the Lord, with an everlasting love. Amen. Um, this couple here. Did I pray over you guys? You look a little bit more. I just feel like today is um, a day where you've asked the Lord to um, settle some things. I feel like it's a business thing, but God is, you know, he's bigger than our business plans, and he comes today to say, I know that you've asked of me, you've inquired of me, you've laid all your uh, plans on the table. I see even like ledgers and notebooks laid out on the kitchen table and you've been up all night worried and stressed and 
you, man of God, you're the one that's worried and stressed. <laughs> and I feel like the Lord's saying, I'm coming to really blow on your finances. I'm coming to uh, come into your business and blow on it in a fresh way. I'm coming in to settle that your business is mine, says the Lord, that this I have even bigger things for you, that worry is no longer going to be your portion. I, I come in, says the Lord, and I, I cast out the, the care. I, even though it's a good thing to be a husband that cares, but the worry of the thing that is, is driving you crazy, I take away, says the Lord, and I put in you an assurance that I am the Lord that provides for you. I'm providing for your house. I'm providing for your business. I'm redirecting you, the Lord says, even to press in closer to me and learn how to get a hold of me. And even in this house, you're going to have uh, connections with men and men's ministry here in a fresh way. And there's going to be a, a, a download from you to God and from you to others. And from God to you and you to others. And God is saying to the two of you, you're a pillar couple. You're going to be uh, in a deeper way connected to this house as time goes by. You're going to press in and find life here and raise family here and see God's mighty hand just use you in miraculous ways in this community and influencing this community. I feel like you have a rescuer heart. I, I, I see you like a fireman even. You want to take people out of burning bu buildings if you can. You want to take people out of harm's way. You, you are kind of like a, a wannabe fireman. Like you just want to get, uh, get in places in harm's way and uh, just be one that is just heroic but a, a, in, the, in a quiet way, not a boastful way. And God today is going to give you spiritual rescue is on the two of you, spiritual rescuers. One last thing. I, I'd be remiss if I didn't do this. Young lady, I, I, you stood up. I want to say this very, very discreetly. The way you see yourself before the Lord and the way the Lord sees you are two different things. And you see yourself almost as defiled at times. It's a spirit of condemnation comes against you. The Lord wants you to know he sees you as pure. You're not wearing any mark on your garment. You don't have any tag over you. The Lord looks upon the heart. God wants to come to you today, wants to let you know that he sees your heart. John said, Beloved, if our heart condemns you, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. And I believe the Lord's going to take off of you the spirit of accusation and the spirit of condemnation. For there were some errors in times past that were errors that take place. Even David said, Lord, forget Help me not remember the sins of my youth. But the Lord is going to give you a future that you would just, if you knew it and you walked in it, you wouldn't believe it was you. 
that his hand is on you. And the Lord rejoices in you. He rejoices in your prayers. He rejoices in your motives. He enjoy, rejoices in your heart. And God is pleased with you. Let great peace come upon her, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. Amen. I just feel a word for someone here, uh, just with your mouth. You've had just like a number of problems with your mouth, you know, if it's teeth, but it's just like, um, it's just been like a chronic issue, just pain. It's like you think you got it settled, then something else happens. And I believe the Lord just wants to bring a healing to your mouth. So if that's you, I want you to stand up, we want to pray for you. Okay. Just uh, lay your hand on Believe the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe there may be a couple more people, you know, that have something with your mouth that's, that's, that's going on. You need a touch from God in your mouth. That you don't be afraid. Just go ahead and stand. Yeah, don't be afraid. The Lord loves you. We're all family here today. Father, thank you so much. That everything that concerns us concerns you. And Lord, for my brothers, my sisters that are standing today that just need a touch, God, we pray you would, uh, where there's uh, de I, like deterioration, like of the, the bone, and uh, I feel like the Lord says he's going to cause that to cease. And I feel like the Lord says he's bringing about a stability. And uh, I think someone's, some, one of you doctors are told you're going to just have to just kind of be prepared to live with a little bit of pain, discomfort. The Lord says, that's not the report. That's not the report. God says that I'm a, you're not going to live with that pain. You're not going to live with that discomfort. God's going to just do a wonderful work just in, in your area, in, in your mouth. So Lord, we just thank you today for these healings and we just uh, appreciate you doing them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wasn't that a beautiful word? Can we just thank Pastor Mark for sharing this morning? What a wonderful thing. I, I, I'd like to do something if the ushers would come forward. Uh, this is one of the, the times that we receive a special offering for our visiting guests, and it covers a few things. It... Uh, motel, flights, meals while we're here with them. They're with us. We have different groups that meet with them and eat with them just to cover the conference. And uh, Let me share my heart just for a moment. I probably have been at times grieved by philosophy in church on the giving to get. We have one philosophy here. We give because we love. If you're a guest, don't feel pressure. If you're not a guest, don't feel pressure. We have an amazing, generous church. Amazing, generous church. You've given and given, and I'm so blessed. And yet we know that we give because we love. We don't give to get. There's the infutable promise of whatever a man sows, 
he's going to receive. So we, we understand that. But that's, I'm going to let you know right now, that is just not our motive. That happens. Our motive is to give because we love. Is that okay? And if you would like to do that today, I know that you've given in tithes and offerings. And last night, Pastor Mark felt led to, if you were here as a set-in Don, uh, if you were here, they set in Don and as an elder and put a bucket up there. I almost had to put two buckets up there because he felt like we were supposed to give an offering and you gave over $1,000 to Debbie and Don. And wow. So we're going to pass that right now. And, and if you would like to give uh, in order to, to cover the conference, God bless you. God bless you. We're going to have one more up to bat. Everyone say 11.30. What's cool about 11.30 is that we're not so bound by time. And so there'll be a little more grace involved. If you haven't heard from Pastor Bob, Pastor Bob's going to be preaching. He downloaded into our leaders in a special group. It was almost like a special op gathering on Saturday morning. Last night he shared, and you're going to hear from him, you're going to hear from my pastor. He is a teacher of teachers. He's executive director, one of the executive directors of, of uh, MFI, um, executive pastor. He used to be over MFI, and he's such a trench man that he had to get out of it <laughs> and because he's a pastor of pastors. and So you're going to hear from him if you hang around. If you don't hang around, you know what I would ask you to do? Leave quickly. <laughs> Suddenly. So we can get others in. I would also ask you to do this. You see this big four-foot door right here? Y'all look at that four-foot door. Don't go out the glass doors unless you're already headed that way. Go out that big four-foot door. Amen? Will you stand to your feet? Father, we just thank you for your presence. We thank you for what you're doing in our midst. We believe. I pray that you help anyone's unbelief of what you're doing. Prophecy, words of knowledge, wisdom, miracles have been taking place. We love you. We ask that you seal this by your Holy Spirit and that you would bless the next gathering in just about, well, according to the clock, right now. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Stay or leave quickly. We love you guys.